Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. I want to welcome you to Ignite Your Passion, a podcast where we uh, really talk about reaching others for Christ and reigniting that passion that God has placed in our hearts to reach others. I believe it's the natural thing that when you come to know Christ and you really know Him and you're walking with Him, you want to share Him with others because the greatest thing that has ever happened to you in your life is, is coming to know Christ. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that you're joining us today, and we have a special guest that I'm excited about, Chad Clark. We're glad to have you with us, Chad. Uh, thank you for being on today. Thank you, Sammy. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be here, and, and you've been such a blessing to me and over the last several years just answering questions and encouraged me. So this is, uh, this is exciting for me. Well, it's, 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 it's a blessing. It goes both ways, and, and uh, what a joy it is. And, and I just want to just jump right into everything, and, and, and because I know there's a lot that you have on your heart that's going on uh, with the One Hope Movement, and we want to talk about that in just a moment. But before we do, I want people to just get to know you, who you are, and what God has done in your life. So first of all, tell us about yourself, your family, uh, how, how you came to Christ and what God's done. I know in the last few years in your life, he's done some things. So just give us a little idea about who Chad Clark is. Well, Sammy, I tell people I was born in church, uh, not literally, but my mom had us there three times a week. Uh, my father left at a young age, and my mom was faithful and the best dad a mom could be and just had us in church. And um, I made a, quote, profession of faith at age six, but I, I'm certainly glad Jesus didn't return when I was 18 because I'm really not sure I was repentant. And yeah. um, and so I think there came a point uh Later, I was always in church, and I knew that's where I should be, but I wasn't really a true follower of Jesus, I don't think. And um, over time, I think that began to grow. It really started in 2001 and had began to grow. And um, I was a Sunday school teacher and a deacon and, and felt faithful. And or I felt like I was faithful to serve in my church. And in 2012, I just became discouraged with kind of what I saw in our country. Just it seemed to be growing darker and darker. And I'd kind of come to the place that I thought the only hope is really just the return of Jesus. And I began to pray for Jesus to come back. And uh, I felt like God just convicted me that that was selfish, that there's a lot of people that still needed to hear the gospel first. Yeah. yeah. And so I stopped praying for Jesus. And I would be so happy if he returned today. But I know there are so many people that needed to, need to hear the gospel. And in this period in 2010 and 11, uh, my former pastor and mentor, Randall Everett, um, really began to encourage me, and we began to meet, and um, I started taking seminary classes and started preaching, and um, I remember sitting in seminary class one day, though, and asking uh, one of my New Testament professors, Dr. David Evans, I said, how do you know if you have the gift of evangelism? And he said, well, Chad, when you preach, people get saved. <laughs> and I said, well, that's not me. I said, I feel like I'm trying to sell Eskimos, and, um, but I think God had placed that maybe a, a desire in me for evangelism, even in that moment that I'd ask that question. And so I really went on this, I guess it was a journey that God took me on, not only looking at previous revivals and spiritual awakenings and, and realizing that there is hope for America and the same hope that there is for the individual. And that's the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And, 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 and we needed, a, I felt like another 
uh, revival in the church and a spiritual awakening in our culture. And I just developed this burning passion uh, for that and to see the lost come to know Christ. And I began to just read the Bible, everything the Bible said about uh, salvation and, and what Jesus said and Paul and Peter and what they preached in their sermons. And, and then I began to just listen to evangelists, uh, people like yourself, just preach over and over the gospel. Billy Graham, I don't know how many sermons I've listened to that, that he's preached. And it just was, I really believe it's something God did in me. Um, and I think there was a moment really in my life in 2015 where um, in a time of prayer alone in the floor of our church where um, there was this moment where there was a, God did a deeper work in me. And I believe that was the moment where evangelism was something that was really given to me as a gift. And um, it really wasn't apparent until the fall, but it became very apparent very fast. And I just developed a love for the gospel and to see people come to know Christ. And to me, that's the greatest miracle is, is seeing a, now, I think heart. It, it'd probably be good to say that you were working in, 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 in a company and uh, at this time that, that you weren't uh, often like at, you weren't at the seminary type thing. You're, 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 you're in your hometown, you're working in a job, but you, you have this, this call on you uh, yes, that sir. you feel that to just bring the good news to the, to the world. That, that's correct. I was a firefighter for 20 years. And so I retired in 2012 to, to work full-time in the financial services industry. And um, I'm still bivocational. And uh, when the Lord says, if he has a plan for me to be full-time ministry, then I, I want to be obedient to that. But the last thing I want to do is get ahead of him. So I just, I'm just trying to walk in obedience. Honestly. And I, you know, I think that's really an encouragement to a lot of people because a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm doing this over here, so I can't really do what God's called me to do. And you're doing that. And, uh, and it's really a blessing Now you have a family. I do. I have uh, a wife and two children. Uh, Tia is my wife and uh, we were married in 92. This is 2019. So 27 years in November and uh, two children that are in college and um, super blessed. They're, uh, they're really a blessing to me. And as you know, a family sometimes, uh, didn't ask to be in ministry, but they kind of get uh, caught up in it, so, so to speak. Yeah. Well, that that's great. Well, I I know one of the things that's been a blessing to me is you know you've called me on a number of occasions and we've talked and 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 you're so careful. You want to make sure you get the gospel. You you mentioned the gospel uh, a couple of times that you that you get that straight and that that is the power of God. Matter of fact, the preaching of the cross, the power of God is in the message of the cross. Amen. Uh, you know, and, and when that message is, is preached, there's, God does something. In fact, you know, I've, I've been thinking uh, just here recently about my own life. You know, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. My family wouldn't be what they are had God not done an incredible work of, of mm -hmm. salvation in my heart. And, and that comes through the cross, you know, it, Amen. What, what Jesus did on the cross. And uh, I, I just came back from Brazil, and uh, in, in Brazil, uh, they have a thing called Cristolangia, which is they go out among the drug addicts and the street people, people who've been living on the streets, theft and all this, and, and, and they reach out to them, they love them, they provide socially for them. But, you know, uh, uh, these, these guys gave testimonies, and it, it, 
the social stuff is, is there and the help is there because they love them. But what changed them was not food, was not clothing, was not housing, but what changed them was the power of the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, that message that you talk about is the hope. I mean, that is the hope for the drug addict. That is the hope th that we have. Amen. It just reminded me, man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds. And so I think that that's really the, I believe that the gospel is the answer. And, you know, I've thought so much about this. And even recently, I think it's been about nine or 10 weeks ago, I heard a just an interview. We were talking about the idea of a, a child that had been born, maybe keeping the child comfortable until they can make a decision. And Sammy, I just began to weep. Yeah. You know, I just began to weep. And I felt like in my spirit that the Lord told me, enemies of the cross. Mm -hmm. and, and Paul says in Philippians 3, and they walk as I've told you, they walk and now tell you weeping, they're enemies of the cross. And, you know, apart from the gospel, Sammy, I'm wretched and sinful and and hopeless, just like anyone else. And so I think that maybe our expectations are too high for the unconverted, for the unregenerate, because apart from the good news of Jesus and the power to transform a cold, dead heart, we're really all just helpless. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of the place I'm at. We just need a gospel-centered movement. Uh, Anglican theologian John Stott said, the only weapon to defeat the enemies of the gospel is the gospel itself. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and you you've started. Um, I don't know whether you want to call it a movement or or how you want to define this. Call one hope. Is that right? And, That's and, correct. And uh, so, explain to me what that is. Just you you give me a definition of what that is that you're doing. Okay. Well, one hope. The one hope movement, and obviously a movement is something that God has to do. Um, but I, I believe that God's in this or we wouldn't be where we're at. But uh, one hope from, comes from First Peter 1, 3, where Peter said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. And we live in a world that's looking for hope, a hope in dead men and dead religion and so many dead things. But Jesus is the only one true living hope. And so the big visual piece of this one hope movement is going to be a gathering at Cowfield in Ryan College Station, Texas, on April 25th, 2020. But we're saying one hope is more than a gathering, a movement, um, and a movement of visible unity. Uh, I believe the answer for a divided world is a united church. Uh, we can't expect more than we model, I don't think. And, and Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would be one so the world would know that you sent me. And so my, our hope behind this idea of unity crossing racial and denominational and socioeconomic barriers is just coming together in the name of Jesus to exalt the name of Jesus to the world around us. And so this idea of visible unity, and then we uh, talk about extraordinary prayer. This came from Jonathan Edwards, and I really didn't know exactly what extraordinary prayer was, but I think God's begun to help me understand that a little bit over time. But it's prayer that's above ordinary. And I think one of those is just to begin to pray for the lost. Uh, to begin to identify people in our own Jerusalem, our own sphere of influence that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And so my vision ultimately for Kyle Field would be 50,000 Christ followers who bring 50,000 of their friends who they prayed for for the last nine to 12 months and that they would just come hear the good news of Jesus. And then uh, the third piece that I think is really important is personal evangelism. We want to train thousands of people to share the good news of Jesus where they work, live, and shop. That's the biblical model. And so 
This idea maybe of merging the streams of prayer and evangelism uh, and leaving behind something that's more than just an event. Uh, and then, so we say it's more than a gathering, a movement, a movement of visible unity, extraordinary prayer, personal evangelism. And then this idea of a catalytic event, uh, maybe a moment in time like God has done in the past where in this stadium that God does something and touches people like me and gives people a new purpose and a new calling uh, to go and, and make disciples in their own Jerusalem. And so that's kind of a real short synopsis of it. It's uh, It wasn't really my idea. Um, it's we found out that this is cannot actually be traced back to the 1980s. There was prayer on the campus for this. So it's, it's really encouraging to see how God has put this in many hearts. Yeah. Well, I've watched this kind of grow in your heart and uh, you know, over the last, uh, I guess year or two and seeing how God has, has just put it in your heart and, and out of nothing now things have developed and uh, you're, you're quite a way down the way. Tell us where you are as far as preparation for the event and, and who's come on board and, and what's happening and, and how others can get involved in this? Um, it's really, it really has grown um, from just a small group of people that began to pray and talk about it. Um, there was actually uh, about this, I was sitting in the stadium in 2015 looking at, at a football game, looking at 100,000 people and just thinking, these people just need to hear the gospel. Yeah. And so I went back to our little ministry board and I said, could we buy six minutes at halftime? And of course, they're not going to let you do that, you know, yeah. but it was a neat idea. But about the same time, there was a lady locally, her name is Nancy Crouch, and she had the same vision of this stadium just being full of people for Jesus. And so they started a prayer meeting monthly around that. But we've assembled the team. Uh, God has just been faithful to bring people to be a part of it. You know, there's not a lot of people that really know how to, to pull off something of this magnitude. And so God's brought the people with experience and ability to do that and just connectors of people. And uh, we have a, we currently have 61 participating churches and organizations. Um, it's crossing denominations and races. And um, we're, it, it really is bigger than the Bryan College Station area. We believe that um, it, it probably could encompass Texas and maybe parts of the United States. Uh, one interesting Thing that and I haven't checked this factually, but I heard within a three-hour drive of Kyle Field, 90% of the population of Texas live. Yeah. And so 28 million people live, and, or 90% of them live within three hours of this place. And so I don't think it's uh, a coincidence that God's doing this here. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it's an amazing thing that the Lord has put on your heart, and to, and I've watched as as these pieces have come together, you know, and that's been really exciting because, I mean, it, it just started sitting in a stadium, <laughs> you know, watching a football game and, and the Lord just burdening your heart. And they, they were probably playing against LSU is my guess. <laughs> hey, Sammy, I was at that overtime game that they were a and beat LSU. So. But, uh, but, but, you know, that, you know, that, that is, that's what God does when, you know, Jesus saw the multitudes and he felt compassion for them. Mm, mm. They were downtrodden and, you know, and it's just when you, when you kind of get into those settings and I believe if more of us would have the heart of God, when we get into those settings, he would break our hearts and show us. And, and, you know, a lot of things could happen. You know, I think it starts there with that, that heart that is open to God in any situation wherever we're at, you know, it, it, the most unlikely place for a, a movement of, of revival of the spirit of God to start is at a, at a football game, you know, 
but 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 God that He puts us in these places and and He does this work in our hearts. And so, you know, that's thrilling for me to you know to see what happened in your life and then to see how that little seed that was planted has has grown up now. Well, let me tell you about one thing. It's kind of uh, interesting. Um, in relationship to this, this is going to be April 25th. Is that correct? April 25th, 2020. Okay. The, I just came back from Brazil and oh, we have been praying and putting together something where we're talking about online. We're going to do, we're, we're praying for 2 million people wow. to share in small groups, the gospel with, and with doing the same thing, but in a small group context. And then, uh, that, that will be in May just following that. Wow! And so we'll have the whole month of May training people to share uh, their faith with others, bringing them to the small groups, and then a, a presentation of the gospel. And then from there, going into churches uh, all through not only Brazil, but a- around the world. So it, it, God's doing something. I, I don't think these things are, you know, by accident. And, you know, I found in the Jesus movement during the days, God moved, but at the same time he's moving one place, he was totally unassociated with it. He was moving in another place. And, and, and so it's, it just seems to me like God is raising up something and you're a part of that. And this one hope movement is a part of something that God is up to in our world. And I'm praying for a great revival. Me too, Sammy. I I believe that, you know, when it's the darkest, the opportunity for the light of Jesus can shine the brightest. And so, you know, I think back to the the late 60s in the Jesus movement, and I wasn't alive in it, but you experienced this, but there was so much division politically and so much division racially. But, but, and, and I don't know if it's as bad today as it was then, but it's probably as bad as it was since then. And so I just believe um, that we're at a place in history where uh, the stage is set for another great move of God. We say Jesus movement 2.0, uh, same Jesus, new movement. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, you know, the, the whole thing that you have about, uh, you know, Jonathan Edwards, you know, that statement that, that he made, you know, the extraordinary prayer, uh, the unity, all of those things have been patterns throughout the history of the church when God moves in revival. Uh, one of the things that I have felt that is, is missing, but I see this element right at the core in what you're doing, and that is there's a lot of prayer going on. I mean, there's been a prayer movement that's been growing in America, and I'm thankful for, and I, I praise God, I appreciate God, what, what's happening. But it's not been really focused on praying for the lost, mm-hmm. for people who don't know Christ, for friends, for family members, for our communities that, that need Jesus, you know. And uh, it's been more focused on God do this work in us and, you know, revive the church. And, 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 and I am, please don't interpret that as a negative about that. I am 100% for that and I encourage it. And I've been out there doing it myself, but I believe we've got to do what you're, you're talking about is getting people praying for people who don't know Christ. I would agree with you 110%. And I just want to echo your comments about prayer. I believe prayer is the foundation uh, we have a prayer team in our ministry. It's about 30 people. And when anything's going on, an email goes out to this group of people and they're faithful to pray. And God's raising up, I don't know how many people, I get messages all the time that are praying. And so it gives me comfort to know that people are praying and it is the foundation. But I believe there has to be this shift in prayer too. Um, you know, Jesus said in Mark 11, 
whatever you pray and ask, believe you have received it and it will be granted. And like I wrestled with that for a long time and it really became clear to me that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we can ground our prayer in God's word, we find promises. It enables us to have more faith. And I think about Peter, you know, when he was, Jesus was walking on the water and Peter wasn't about to get out of that boat, but I can just see him standing up against the edge and, and saying, Lord, if that's you, call me out. Yeah. And when Jesus said, come, faith came by hearing and hearing by the word. And so I've really tried to figure out how do we, and I think some of this is just praying really with God's promises. You know, God, would you just, Jesus, you came to seek and to save the lost. Would you seek and save my friend, Mike? Or, you know, really grounding our prayers in that. And then uh, I think that's so important to get to that place. And then the other thing that I really believe is um, I think we have to act as well, Sammy. Um, I think it was, uh, it may have been Tozer that said, have you noticed how much prayer for revival there's been of lately and how little revival has resulted? And he said, I believe we've tried to substitute praying for obeying and that simply will not work. And so I think this idea of prayer and then mobilizing the church to just go and share the gospel, we know very clearly that uh, Paul said in Romans 10, how will they call upon them not heard of them believe and how will they believe in whom they not heard and how will they hear without a preacher? The gospel has to be proclaimed. And so I think there's this, to me, there's, it's like, well, maybe baking a cake, you know, you really kind of have to have all the ingredients in there for, for it to happen. And so, but I'm with you on the prayer piece. I just believe it's essential. Yeah. And, and, uh, this whole thing of, of the word, the promises of God, or, you know, it's just, it's exciting. Matter of fact, in my quiet time today, I was, uh, meditating on in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same, uh, was in the beginning with God and, you know, and the word became flesh. The word is Jesus. And, uh, and, and, you know, all through the scriptures, we find Jesus and, and, you know, we need to search the scriptures to, to find Jesus and to meet with Jesus. And, and as we do those, that, those promises, the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. So, amen. uh, you know, we, 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 we search for him, we see him and, and he speaks into our hearts and he speaks today. He has not quit speaking. He speaks today into our hearts. And there are times and then, and, and, you know, uh, I, I've seen people kind of go off into a, extremes on this and mm-hmm. you know every little thing god's speaking to me you know but but he confirms it i mean it's there Amen. and one of the ways i know he's speaking is that when he speaks it doesn't leave me you know i, I have a lot of things that are good thoughts and great ideas it's like when i was in sicily and and and, and i would talk about ideas and they they would ask me they said is this a good idea or a god idea Wow. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and the way, you know, it's a God idea is God is eternal. So Amen. when God puts something in your heart, it, it won't leave you. And that's what happened with you in this one, one hope movement. I mean, it's there. And I mean, he spoke it and that, how many years ago that was four years ago. It was in 2015. So about four yeah. years. Yeah. So it's been, and so it, 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 you couldn't shake it. I mean, it's there with you. Tell it us, is, go ahead. No, go ahead. It is. And, and I think you're right. God does confirm it. And um, he confirms it in a lot of ways. But I think once you, for me, once I knew that it was God, I could really hang on to it. And I'll be honest with you. I thought I had faith, but I didn't have much faith when this started. But one moment for me that was really pivotal, I think, is 
it was in the middle of the night, about uh, 2 a.m., and I was just awake and just carrying this burden, and I was embarrassed to talk about it, and I was afraid, and I was excited, and, you know, this is so much bigger than me, and, uh, but I just thought, you know, it'd be easier to quit, and mm -hmm. Sammy, I was awake. It wasn't a vision or a dream, but I just envisioned myself in heaven with God after quitting. Hmm. And it was so real. It was, it was like he walks me to the edge and he picked up his hand and he ran it across the universe. And he says, Chad, I spoke every one of those stars into existence. Hmm. And he said, they outnumber the grains of sand on all the beaches. And not only that, Chad, I know every single one by name. And he picked up his hand again and he ran it across the universe and he said, I did all that, but you couldn't trust me with Kyle Field. And so from that moment on, I'm just like, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm, I'm like, Moses, don't lead me up from here if your presence doesn't go with me. Um, but he's just been faithful. And so I, I think you're right. When you have that promise and you can hold on to it and, and, and you've had confirmation and and then I think you can just walk in faith. And so this has been a, a tremendous faith building experience for me. Not that I have it figured out by any means, but uh, it's been a real faith journey. Well, you know, one thing too, that I found in, in these type things, because I do a lot of big events, you know, is you, you just go in faith, you do what God's told you to do and whatever happens, it's Amen. his thing. You know, people say, well, what happens if only uh, 10,000 people show up? If only 10,000 people show up, we did what God told us to do. And those were the 10,000 he wanted. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's, you know, I remember in Scotland, I was preaching and, and, and no one responded and, and people kind of felt sorry for me. And, uh, I said, Hey, it, it's okay. You know, text told me, my wife told me a long time ago, you don't take the credit when when many respond, you don't have to take the blame when no one responds. You know, the only thing God wants from us is to be faithful Amen. to do what he's told us to do. And the rest, the results are, it, that's his business, you know? And, and so that, you know, that's where I've kind of come down and landed and it's freeing, man. It, it is really freeing just to be obedient, preach the word, do what God's told me to do and leave the results to him. That, that's kind of where I'm at. It is so liberating. And I've, I've held on to that quote. You told me that one night after several years ago, after one person responded and in a moment in the, I was just distraught almost because I thought there should be so many respond, but I've held on to that. And, you know, I kind of came to the place like I've just gone back to look in the Bible and see, and, you know, like Noah uh, for a hundred years, he gathered gopher wood. And I'm sure there was a lot of people that told him this is too big. Yeah. You know, build a smaller boat and it's not going to rain. And how are you going to get the animals there? But, you know, he was faithful together, gopher wood, and God brought the rain and the animals. And so, you know, another moment of maybe, I don't know if you want to say doubting or questioning, I just felt like the Lord was leading me back to Hebrews 11. And as I read through that, I felt like the Lord told me, Chad, Noah's not in here because he built a dinghy. Yeah. He did what I told him to do. And so that's what I'm trying to do is just be obedient. Yeah. Okay. We, let's wrap this up. So if so, okay. there's someone who is interested in getting involved in, in the movement and involved in what you're doing, how do they contact you and what, what do you need? Well, I would, one thing I want to preface is that one hope movement is with and through and for the local church. We're in no way trying to supplant or take place to the local church. We want to work with through encourage, build up the local church. And so 
we've really tried to spend a lot of time reaching out to pastors. Obviously, there's so many, it's difficult. But um, if, if, if it's a pastor, um, I would say send me an email at chad at onehopemovement.com. Uh, you can go to the website, onehopemovement.com, and, and find out tremendous amounts of information. But anybody really can reach out to me, or there's info at onehopemovement.com. But we're here to answer questions, and we just tell the story of what God's doing. And if, if the Lord leads people to be a part of it, uh, that's great. We, we, uh, we understand that and sometimes that's not the case. And so we're open to talking to anyone who feels like the Lord's leading them to be a part of it. Okay. And so if you have a church or an organization that would like to get involved, uh, I'm assuming there's donations that can be taken on the website. Is, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. The donations can be taken and, um, they can sign up to receive, a, a regular newsletter. So they know that what's going on, um, on all social media at one hope movement. Um, they can find it on, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So we're pretty visible out there. Um, with and, that. Uh, we're, and if they're, if they're prayer groups that just want to get involved, that's where they would go to, to kind of keep up with what's happening. And because I know there's a lot of people who would really want to undergird you with prayer and, and so forth. And, uh, so I hope that some of you who are listening will get involved. I hope that you will pray for sure that for, for this, for what God's doing, for what God's raising up. And Chad, thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate your obedience to the Lord. And uh, we're just going to uh, ask people to pray for you and just pray that God will just send a mighty revival and that it be much more than Kyle Field, that it will permeate churches throughout the whole region and nation. So God bless you and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Sammy. It was a blessing to be with you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.